Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. Today, we have some amazing guests on our podcast series. We're going to be interviewing my parents, and the people that are going to be interviewing my parents are going to be Matt and Marcy Tatham. Marcy is a brand new board member to Living with XXY nonprofit organization. And so, yeah, we're going to take it away. And here is Marcy and Matt is going to ask the first question. So take it away, Matt. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And mom and dad, can you guys uh, introduce yourself? I'm Rosalie Briganti. I'm Ryan's mom. And Richard here, Ryan's father. And Marcy is joining right now. So take it away and have a wonderful time. First off, I just want to thank you guys for welcoming us into your beautiful home. It's been a pleasure to be here and spend this time with you. So, and uh, and for this opportunity to talk with you about Ryan and his upbringing and just the whole Kleinfelter experience. As Ryan mentioned, we have a two-year-old son. His name is Jack. Actually, he's 23 months or one month away from being able to say he's two instead Finally. of 23 months, mm-hmm. which is uh, a relief. So, uh, yeah, our son is 23 months old and he was diagnosed prenatally. And so uh, I'm sure you may or may not have seen you know, some of the posts on the website and whatnot. But I'm going to turn it over to my wife because she's been uh, eager for this interview. <laughs> yes, super excited to just be in Ryan's parents' house. And um, we're going to start off with the first question. Uh, the first question is, when were you diagnosed and what was that experience like? When was Ryan diagnosed? I, um, in utero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was about um, five months. I was about five months along at that time. And uh, because of my age, because I was 42 at the time, they recommended I have an amniocentesis. And um, that was done and uh, he was diagnosed and... Um, it was um, it was a pretty rough diagnosis, and um, but um, after meeting with a geneticist and uh, talking about ourselves, we decided that <coughs> his dad and I certainly weren't perfect, and so why would we expect our son mm. to be? That's great, right? But so, what exactly did when they did re- um, give you those results? What kind of what did the process look like? What what did the doctors tell you? Um, the doctor's nurse called me on the phone and told me that uh, the doctor needed to see me about the results of the amniocentesis. And uh, I went to the doctor's office, and um, he told me. Um, he was uh, not really very understanding or compassionate, mm-hmm. but um, I think I had called Richard and asked him to meet me there at the doctor's office, so you might remember more of it. Well, I remember the day, uh, the rest of the day after we got the news, we were shocked and uh, uh, really was wondering what the future would be like. It was a very difficult day for both of us. So, uh, (coughs) But after we talked to the geneticist, and um, he, I remember walking away, that's when we decided when we walked away from the geneticist that even though... Ryan was going to have difficulties. Uh, he and I, uh, my husband and I, uh, we're not the easiest people to understand <laughs> or to get along with. So we just figured, heck, <laughs> you know. So um, 
that's when we made the decision. It wasn't like we were ever given an option. Mm. Uh, it was kind of um, just understood we wouldn't have accepted it anyway. Right. And uh, it was more like what we might be up against. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided that uh, we could uh, handle it. And uh, we... Like, uh, like you said, we're not perfect, yeah. so why should we expect our son to be perfect? Right. Right. And, uh, I'm sure he hasn't ever heard some of this. As <laughs> 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 he's sitting over there. Yeah. Taking care of Jack. Right. Cool. Okay, so the second question, uh, what did life look like for Ryan during the different stages of life as he was growing up, as he started out as a newborn and progressed through the toddler and the infant, young boy stages, and then well into teen and adult life? Well, this kind of goes back to the first question in that um, I was a medical malpractice defense attorney, and so I knew how to use the medical libraries. And I went to him at the Times to look up what Kindfelter might be. And it was frightening. I mean, it, it really mm-hmm. was. The same thing as if you went on the Internet today. Yeah. Uh, but they also had, uh, the geneticists had given us a document to show some of the tests that had been done and that uh, by reading, uh, having a lot of language uh, used in his early years, that that would be really helpful. Well, the information at the time, too, was very limited, and what was out there was also very negative. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we've come a long way, at least with respect to information available on the condition. So when Ryan was, I'm just thinking of Jack's age, around age two, um, what was his personality like, if you could describe him? Uh, oh, he was, he was so happy <laughs> and uh, such a joy to be around. And uh, he made everybody smile. Mm-hmm. And um, about the only time, I just looked at a couple of notes I had, and about the only time he cried was when he physically hurt himself <laughs> or somebody left the house without him. But he, and he was just um, very... Um, He's a very loving child. Yeah, very loving. Uh, he could, his mobility was fantastic. Um and um, he just was, everyone just loved him. He started to talk a little bit when he was about 18 months, but just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a few words, mama and papa. Babbling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and by the time he was two, he could actually use verbs and started putting very simple sentences together. But by about three, I wouldn't have noticed any difference. Yeah, I mean, I can recall you saying that when you would, take him with you to go shopping, everybody, not everybody, people <laughs> would stop you and say, oh, what a cute baby and how, how good-natured he is. And yeah, He was. He was very good-natured. Yeah. So he brought a lot of joy into our life. So I have you a question. Was he a good sleeper as a baby? Oh, he was much better than his sister. That's all <laughs> I have. That's all I have. He slept through the night earlier than his older sister, who's three and a half years older than he is. So, yeah, I think he was a pretty good sleeper. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, Matt, that one of the strongest qualities in Jack is that he's a champion sleeper right out the gate? I'd say after six weeks old, he started sleeping through the night. And that's one thing I've talked to other XXY moms and dads, and they all say the same thing, that their sons are great nappers and Mm -hmm. great sleepers. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. And as a side note, I, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was when we first came over here, when Jack was one year, one year old, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked to you guys for the first time, I remember you specifically saying that, uh, you know, be prepared for Jack to show you a lot of love. And, and mm-hmm. that's been something that has just been constant ever. And I think about you saying that every single time, cause he, when I, you know, recently been working from home, when I walk out of the office, he runs over dad, dad, and, and you know, he's very kiss, kiss, mm-hmm. and he wants a hug. And it's just, it's, very it's affectionate. yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, it's actually a common, it's a common theme that we've heard, you know, mm-hmm. talking to other parents as well. So yeah. your son is very special. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. He's just a love bug. <laughs> yeah. He's Thank one you. of a kind. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So when Ryan was growing up, um, was there anything in particular that made him stand out from his peers or um, something that you noticed that made him super unique? Well, he was always good with his hands. I mean, he could um, put together Legos and puzzles and, mm-hmm. you know, figure out how something worked. Uh, I think that's, to me, one of the differentiates differentiation between him and a lot of his friends also uh, he was not always too coordinated Uh, we had to work with him uh, wanted him to play sports we encouraged that and and he did Uh, I spent some time with him uh, when he was very young swinging the bat ball and Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that I think turned out pretty well it's funny when we're talking about sports, I just think about Jack when he played soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they tried to get him to do all these other drills where you're kind of running in and out of cones and, and coordinated he, he, games. He never he, he didn't he wanted no part of it. All he wanted to do was kick the ball and just run. And <laughs> it was yeah. you know, all the other kids are kind of running and doing these little exercises. And Jack just wanted to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Or go explore, you know, and, and, and we would let him do it. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he he had a great time doing that. So what sports did Ryan play growing up? He played T-ball and, uh, you know, Little League. Uh, I think he played a little bit of soccer, but... uh, He he didn't like soccer. He didn't like soccer. I sent him to a soccer camp, and he lasted about (laughs) one. One day? (laughs) One day. (laughs) One day. (laughs) So as he got older, I, I heard on another podcast or in a post that he played volleyball. Did he... He played volleyball mm-hmm. in high school. In high school. And uh, he uh, started out on the varsity team because he had uh, uh, some great hands and arms mm-hmm. for volleyball. Uh, so that worked out very well for him. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I bet that was fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. Volleyball <laughs> is a great uh, spectator sport, especially if you have personal, you know, uh-huh. Personal a little interest. bit of a bias. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's very popular here in, in Southern California. Uh-huh. Right. That's right. Okay. So as Ryan was growing up, um, at what point did you decide was the right time to reveal his diagnosis to him? Was there a time that you both had in mind or did you just let it naturally take place? Well, he was very lucky in that the pediatrician he'd had when he was little went on to um, become a child uh, psychologist or um, specialized in in that type of thing. And so when he was about nine years old, 
uh, we talked to her about telling Ryan, and she said that um, maybe it would be better if she told him. Uh, she was not able to have children herself, and mm-hmm. she could relate to that. And so, uh, he, and he had been experiencing trouble in school. Um, from the time he went into school, you could see at around five or six mm-hmm. that there were some difficulties. And we felt that it would be better that he know what those difficulties were due to. Richard? Well, you have to rely on you for this. <laughs> So when, when you did tell Ryan, how did he react or, or when, the, when the doctor revealed the news? I can remember very well his coming out of her office and it was like somewhat a relief to him. But on the other hand, it was really no big deal. I mean, oh. he really accepted it well. And uh, I, I, he didn't understand all the ramifications because they didn't tell everything to him at that mm-hmm. time. And then we filled in things later on as he got older with regard to the um, some but of the other aspects. But we never treated him like a victim Mm-mm. because we always told him, hey, everybody goes through life with problems, with issues, mm-hmm. uh, whether they be uh, physical or mental. There's not one person who, who doesn't uh, have those challenges in life. So that's right. And we never gave him too many free passes. I can't say. <laughs> I, as a mother, I never gave him any. Uh, but um, we we pushed him at mm-hmm. times. I mean, we really did. And um, I think it turned out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah, say so. Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, living with XXY is, as a, is, is a result of, you know, the way that you guys raised him and, and taught him. And, and, you know, he's a... He's a He's a perseverer. He's he's an overcomer. Yeah, mm-hmm. to, to his credit, he did. Yeah, and I think a big part of his success and him putting himself out there and launching this nonprofit, I think a big part of that has to do with the acceptance and for him to accept that at a young age and the way that you partnered with um, his pediatrician to team, you know, work as a team to deliver that news. I think that um, that that's probably a good way for parents to do that for their sons. Yeah. Right. And then, like I said, there wasn't too much known at that time about some of these things, but we we put him in any program that we thought might be of help. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also had tutors, uh, even when he was smaller, uh, because it was better that I not get so involved mm-hmm. in some of that, because it got, it, you know, so not everybody can do that. Not everybody will need to, but in our case, it worked. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that kind of leads us to our next question is, is we were just wondering, you know, like what type of services did you get Ryan involved in, you know, and what ages was it speech therapy or, uh, you know, like what type of specialists mm-hmm. was he involved with? That type of thing? Um, <coughs> he had uh, an IEP through the school system from the time he was in kindergarten, but we never sought any other outside specialties because it really wasn't at the time, it an wasn't available. Yeah, and we wouldn't have known, partially because he did speak so well, and we wouldn't didn't understand maybe some of the uh, language problems he would experience later when he got further on in the grades. And um, again, we didn't do the occupational because we didn't. Uh, um, he wasn't as coordinated, but we st- we didn't understand that maybe that would help. Had it been today, I probably would have gotten that help for him. Yeah. 
But uh, did you guys do anything at home? I know Ryan has told me a lot of interesting stories about you. You know, you would show him long, long words and colored words, colored words, mm-hmm. and that type of thing, which has always been very interesting for me to hear about, right? Because I always mm-hmm. want to think about things I can do with Jack, and uh, you know, e- even you know when we when we do, you know, for example, like when we do A B, and then he'll say Fill C, right? Fill in the right. blank, right? So there's just things that we do that I know have helped Jack. So I was just wondering, you know, what type of things did you do with Ryan like that? Well, we found out that they are very visual learners, uh, and it really helps uh, for them to to grasp something if you can show them as opposed to uh, saying just verbally or uh, or otherwise. They're very visual learners. So uh, in spelling, yeah, we, we use that little technique. Uh, I read a book that was, uh, if I can recall the title, Right, right Brain Versus Left Brain Learning. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely right brain learners. Uh, and that, that book had a lot of good tips in it, too. So I pointed out that, uh, that they're more creative, very visual in their, in their learning approach, not so good in reading. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So knowing that, is that where you had the private tutoring come in to help him with those areas that were a little more challenging, the reading uh, and the writing? The reading and the writing primarily. Yeah, and uh, as he as he got older, some of the other subjects as well. But um, just as more as an as a need basis. But he did have the same tutor for a number of years. That, oh, that's uh, great! He just went through with him, and um, yeah. What were th- what were some of the you know? Because I know we talked about some of the things that he struggled with, right? But what were uh, what were some of the things that he like really excelled at, you know, relative to maybe his sister? Again, the the dexterity that he had with hands and and um, he was. You step in here, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, he was much. I think much more empathetic, but that's a matter of personality too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. his sister. Uh, was a different personality, yeah. or maybe um, not even relative to his sister. Maybe that was a bad example. Just, just, um, just like things that, like you know, always surprised you about him. The way he enjoyed life. Yeah. <laughs> really, from yeah. the time he was little, he just mm-hmm. enjoyed life. He didn't sit still too often when he was little. I'd like to say we, well, we read to him quite a bit, but it, you know, he'd want to be up and doing something and always he, on the move. On the move mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, undergoing challenges he probably wasn't old enough to do yet mm-hmm. and uh you know like finding him at the top of ladders or <laughs> uh, we should have been more careful <laughs> so. that's happened twice today to mm-hmm. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three uh, times yeah yeah all that's right great. Well, also, one of the things that I was wondering is and and wanted to ask specifically was, uh, you know, because a lot of parents of of kids who have been diagnosed don't have the opportunity, right, to, um, you know, have such a vast connection or network, you know, such as we do. Right. And that's been a huge help for us. So, you know, for all those other parents out there who may be listening for the first time. Uh, you know, what, just, uh, what, what is some advice that you would give to these parents uh, who maybe just found out, uh, you know, prenatally or maybe their, their kid is in, you know, uh, you know, within, you know, under five or maybe even in their teenage years? Well, I, I think that probably the same advice that 
we got from that article, um, it's, I think it was written about 1980 or 82, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Use that language a lot to them when they're small. I mean, that... Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the intellectual development, uh, I think that's very important yeah. with a lot of these children. That's interesting yeah. that you say that because there's an actual term for that that we've learned in Jack's speech therapy, and it's called auditory bombardment, and it's literally mm. bombarding your child with words. And it's it seems like such a simple thing, but I've noticed some parents, you know, they'll just go about their day and their kid is in the corner doing stuff. But if you really get in there and interact with them and treat them almost like a sponge, they're absorbing everything that you say, they're watching everything you do. And if you just keep bombarding them with words over and over and over that you may think, oh, you know, they're only one years old, they're they're really not taking anything in, but you'd be surprised. And so I find myself just saying the same words or phrases over and over and over and weaving it into nursery rhymes or whatnot. And I, I'll see Jack pick up on that. So that's really interesting and interesting that you had those instincts to do that on your own without going out to get professional services. Yeah. And which, which is interesting because, you know, with the services that we go and do, like they're, they almost serve as a coach for us. They give us tools that we can do to do at home, but most of the work is at home and it's, it's stuff that we make up in the home. Like today I took Jack to the beach and we sang a nursery rhyme and I pause and I wait for him to fill in the blanks. And you'd be surprised like how much he's learned by just doing that exercise. We do that with his ABCs. We do it with the, one, I think he can count up to 20 now. Yeah, he can. Most times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just bombarding and talking to your kid. For, for his age is truly amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. as yeah. verbal <laughs> as he is. And yeah. you're, you're both very blessed. Thank you. Thank you. As we are. <laughs> and, you know, not all parents have the luxury of, um, you know, having that time with their children. Mm-hmm. But there's other family members who can step in. Absolutely. And uh, Ryan was very fortunate that he had young cousins that were a little older than he was. But they spend a lot of time with him, too. So it doesn't have to just be mother or father. Right. It can be other people as mm-hmm. well. Well, he also had a great-grandmother and an aunt. Uh, yes, aunt, yes. Uh, who that. babysat for us. Yes, uh, yeah. Very um, loving, so. Yeah, they, you know. they um, so it's, it's a family endeavor, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not that they all knew early on, uh, they came to know as, as uh, we felt it was needed to tell them. But um, I just think a lot of that early language is, is really important. And you read to him a lot, often? We read to him a lot. Uh, it was difficult for him to sit still. He was always <laughs> squirming away. But um, he has, uh, you know, he had his share of books. It's Jack's over there looking at now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack's room, his decor is a big bookshelf with all kinds of different books. He loves Mm -hmm. books. And every night we take him, I I pick him up and I ask him which one and he points to a certain one. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, it's always, where's my hat? (laughs) That's his favorite book. (laughs) (laughs) Just one thing I want to say before, uh, I don't know how long this goes on, but um, they bring so much joy to your life. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been very fortunate 
that Ryan has been able to do as many things as he's done, but they are the most loving, understanding, and, um, yeah, they just bring a lot of joy. Yeah. Not just when they're young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They bring a few heartaches, but yeah. <laughs> they bring <laughs> a lot of joy. That, right? Yeah, that's right. So what's your, if you could think of one of your, fa- uh, one thing, your favorite thing about Ryan, what would it be? What comes to mind when you think Ryan, what's your favorite thing about your son? Loving. Loving. Caring. For sure. Empathetic. Empathetic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Willing to yeah. work really hard. Sensitive. Yeah. 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 Matt, what do you say? You know what Ryan? I love about Ryan is he, he, how he relates to people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, and, and again, this, th- for me, this goes back to something that, you know, you had said earlier about everyone struggles with their own type of thing. You know, I, I've definitely in my life had my fair share of struggles. Um, but, you know, just even even more recently with everything that's going on, you know, I've definitely been struggling a lot with just, uh, you know, managing priorities, um, managing my time effectively and efficiently. It, you know, it's, it's been a pretty stressful time for me. And I don't think I've ever been able to relate to somebody or nobody's ever been able to relate to me and make me feel so comfortable and at peace with myself than Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, you know... I, it's it's nice to spend time and and have friends, but he's also tremendously helped me in the past four days mm-hmm. in a way that I'd never thought possible. So I, I've never met somebody with that like you know empathetic or ability before, and and for, you know to me that's I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. And interesting, earlier you said that when Ryan was a child, that he one thing that you notice is that he enjoyed life and everything about it, and that is what I'd say about Ryan is that he truly truly lives in the moment and embraces every moment. Like, you know, for us just hanging out around Ryan, we feel like we're changed. Just, just being around him, we see his just zeal for life and passion. And he works so hard to pour into living with XXY and, and he's already made such a huge difference with so many individuals Mm -hmm. and families. So, and it's just an honor that we get to be a part of this community. So What are your thoughts when he when he first came to you and said, "Hey, I'm going to start a nonprofit and it's going to be called Living with XXY." What what? It, it was a long process getting there. <laughs> he worked about I think about two years before uh, he reached uh, you know a decision. Uh, probably six months prior to that, about which way really to go. Does he want to go in life? You know, mm-hmm. it's a big decision, but yeah. we're. We're glad he did it. He's yeah. passionate about it. He's been very giving about it. It has been uh, uh, not financially. Uh, uh, it, it, well, it's cost him financially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's put a uh, lot into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of his uh, of his own resources, and he's he's uh, you know given up uh, a career. It's, but he was very passionate, and we were very supportive of of him doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and and sometimes I think when we talk. We make it sound as though a lot of these things were easy for Ryan as he grew up, and I just don't want anybody to <coughs> be left that he was uh, exceptional, you know, in that respect. He worked hard for everything, and he had setbacks, mm-hmm. and he continued to work. So, so when he I did have, when he did come across challenges or setbacks, um, what kind of advice would you give him? 
um, because he did mention that you you guys as parents pushed him. Um, if something was difficult, you didn't just let him give up. That's exactly right. You know, because we told him, hey, you look around you. You will see other kids struggling too. Mm-hmm. Some a lot worse than you. Um, others a lot better than you. Mm-hmm. But he learned from his grandfather, if you want something, you have to work for it and you don't give up. That's great. That's a great work ethic, and that's a great, you yeah. know, uh, some, it's great to implement that mm-hmm. into, you know, the, the thought process. So that's great. That's wonderful. And yet if there was something like soccer that he absolutely hated, we wouldn't, we wouldn't insist that he go ahead with it. I mean, you have right. to, that has Let to be an, in, yeah, that has to be an independent, individual parent decision a lot as to when to push and when to let mm-hmm. that go. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. Well, our final question here um, is, what do you wish people knew more about Kleinfelter syndrome? There's a lot of people out there or newly diagnosed families or individuals that just have no clue what it is or what it, what it looks like. What would, you, what would you want to tell people? Hidden in plain sight, right? If you look at them, you can't tell that there's something, something wrong, that they have... Uh, a lot of challenges, uh, and uh, that, uh, you know, they can't have kids. They have to take testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, like like we told them, you know, they, especially the fact we're very family-oriented. He, he could not have kids, but we, said, we always told him, if you choose, you can adopt. You mm-hmm. can always adopt. So uh, there, um, uh, there are struggles. Uh, but they're worth it. It's mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much for the time and for interviewing with us. It's been a real pleasure. And, and again, we just want to really, really thank you for extending, uh, you know, the home to us and just letting us hang out. You know, I, uh, I, I also wanted to announce on this podcast that, you know, we're officially moving into Ryan's apartment forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that, Ryan? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But seriously, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and for those of you who maybe have never been to livingwithxxy.org, it's a wealth of information. It's a wonderful nonprofit. And there's a lot of resources on there for both individuals with Kleinfelters and parents as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you again. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. Thank you. Thank you.